That's right, y'all. Welcome to the Journey to Develop Her podcast. Let's go. This podcast equips you with the real estate and wealth strategies you can use to develop and enhance your skills, experience, and profits in real estate while also being healthy on the inside and the outside. You ready? We are showcasing some of the world's greatest male and female real estate developers and entrepreneurs. Now it's time to develop. Here's your host, real estate developing queen, Deontay Chantel. Let's go. So we have my beautiful sisters up here, Stephanie Smith. Her name is My Life is Real Estate. On Instagram, we have Shantae the Builder, and you can actually find Shantae on Instagram under Shantae the Builder as well. So I'm going to allow each of you to introduce yourselves in 60 seconds or less, starting with Stephanie. Hello, guys. Um, thank you so much, Deontay, for having me on. Um, as some of you may know, my name is Stephanie at My Life is Real Estate on Instagram. And I like to consider myself kind of the Jane of all trades when it comes to real estate. So I've been the wholesaler. So we had a good presentation earlier uh, with a few wholesalers that had came on, uh, Nasser and, um, you know, not a, what I say, not a guru. He's a guru. <laughs> Uh, but I've been I've been on so many um, so many platforms when it's so many realms of real estate. So Airbnb hosts. I currently have uh, 15 plus uh, Airbnbs currently in the city of Philadelphia. Um, I am a licensed general contractor in the city of Philadelphia as well as the state of Wilmington and the city. Sorry, the state of Delaware and the city of Wilmington. Um, and an investor, landlord, the whole shebang, right? So I'm super excited to be able to talk to y'all about the construction aspect of things and how we go ahead and get dirty. Um, I literally had a class that says um, how to be able to make thousands without swinging a hammer. And that's kind of what it is for me with being a contractor. Uh, gotten dirty a little bit in the past, but now uh, from a contractor standpoint, it's a lot of managing and sometimes even micromanaging. So you want to make sure that you have your systems in place. So I'm super excited to be able to talk to y'all today about rehabbing properties. Awesome. Thank you for your intro. Shantae, the builder, how are you today? Oh, unmute yourself. Oh, let me unmute you. Okay. Okay. Oh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, gotcha. <laughs> Hi, guys. I am Shantae, the builder. I am from City Days, but my second is North New Jersey. I am Coming to you from a background of construction. I'm a general contractor. I um, started my career early. Um, I got introduced to my career from my family. My dad was a contractor uh, and my uncles. So that's how I kickstarted my career. I also have a nonprofit called FTC uh, Management, which I teach profitable skills of construction in the urban community. Awesome. And I actually met Shantae through, what did we do? The Black Bunker in Newark. I heard her talking about her having a nonprofit teaching people how to do construction. I'm like, oh, I need to connect with her. So kudos to you. Um, of course, I met Stephanie on Instagram. I met a lot of people on Instagram. And we, you know, we're like friends now. Like we hang out together off of the internet and we had a great time recently together um but ladies both thank you so much uh, it's an honor to have both of y'all i respect y'all hustle i respect what y'all do in this business 
Um, for those who don't know, I'm also technically a general contractor and I don't, I don't personally like it. So kudos to y'all <laughs> for thriving in your businesses, thriving in your fields, because it's not easy, especially being a woman, but just construction as a whole. Okay. So I love what each of you are doing. Now, when it comes to, uh, we'll start with Shantae. Um, I love your story because you literally got started with no experience. Like, how, and you were a teacher, first of all. Not let's, a teacher, that was operation. So, um, oh, you, I, you were yeah. working at a school, though. Yes, I worked at a, a, one of the largest charter schools in North New Jersey. Yes, I worked at operations there for seven years. Right. So you did that and then you went into construction. You had this yeah. dream of becoming a general contractor and you hit the ground running. So within the first year, I believe, you were able to get certified um, as a W minority, I mean, I'm sorry, a woman minority business enterprise um, mm -hmm. in New Jersey. Also, you're a certified, um, I think, developer or builder with the New York City Port Authority, correct? So Typically, to get those certifications as a general contractor or as a business in general, you have to be in business for X amount of years and you have to have the experience. So, girl, how the heck you did it? <laughs> that's that's the team so, for today. The way that I did it was obviously the, the experience and the, the things have changed. So I, I did get dirty at one point of the in the industry when I was when I started. But because I have the background from, you know, working with my family, I was introduced to construction as a younger child. And I got more exposure of the con and contractor when I started working for the state of New Jersey. And we had the, our first hurricane. So we need a disaster relief program. So with that being said, that kind of taught me how to look out for certain things. Um, in 2020, when the uh, pandemic happened, I decided to take a leap of faith and I left corporate America. I was tired of not being treated properly and not being properly compensated for the work that I've done. And because I know that I'm strong in what I do, I decided to start a construction company. So yes, I am new to running a construction company, but I'm not new to operations nor how the construction site work. So that's how I got into construction. As far as my Certifications. Now, with the certifications, you have to um, you have to do the physical work too. So, because I am capable of doing the physical work and pointing out if there's an issue, if the drywall is hung wrong, if the piping is wrong for the plumbing, I was able to get uh, my certifications. In New Jersey, you have to be in business within a year to get your MWE certification. So, I have my MWE certification, my SBE certification, and through the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, I am certified um, MWBE as well. Now, <laughs> filling out that paperwork is not easy. Uh, my application did get uh, kicked back about three to four times because they're not very clear what they need when it comes to the paperwork that they want. So I uh, decided to help start helping other people that need assistance with filling out the applications as well. Nice. Awesome. Are you only doing that for New Jersey or are you doing it for throughout the country? For now, for those, for right now for New Jersey. Just yeah. so you all know, um, if you want to work with the federal government, like literally work with them, they also require that you be certified and you can get certified through the federal government, through government contracting. And some of the um, acronyms that we you would hear is 
um, minority business enterprise, which means B, I'm sorry, MBE and women minority business enterprise. So it's W, MBE. I think she also said SBE, which is small business enterprise. So just get familiar with us using those acronyms, excuse me. Um, and, and as you elevate, even if you're just an investor, you can also get those businesses certified as well. You never know. And I'll talk about like my journey, but you never know when you're quickly be able to transition into a development project and you may or may not have those certifications and they may or may not want to work with you, um, especially when you're trying to uh, do construction or develop with government. Okay. Now, Stephanie, Hey, boo. <laughs> she actually, uh, so Shante actually mentioned contractors, right? So I know, I know you're a little bit, well, in the beginning, you were very hands-on, like you said earlier, right? Yeah. Um, your experience investor, and then you started becoming your own GC. Now, how do you spot a contractor? <laughs> a contractor. Okay. So how do I spot a contractor, a good contractor and things like that? Well, that one. How do you know you're working with someone that's just full of it and they really don't know what they're doing? Okay. So I think that just like when we're in these relationships and you have to vet them, you have to vet your contractors as well, guys. So basically, sometimes you can still do everything right everything so you can get the references you can go on the job site you can see the work you can uh ask the references how long has it did it take them to complete their project and so forth and you could get the licenses you can get the insurances you can make your entire packet look good to be able to now say out of three contractors that i've seen this is the person that i want to go with and things can still go wrong, right? Uh, but I think that as long as you stick to your system, your plan, then I think that that is what's going to matter in the end. Uh, because I did do everything right for like this one HVAC guy and it just still turned out to be a disaster. Uh, but how do I spot How do I spot contractors in general? I mean, sometimes I hope I don't get into an accident because if I see someone that's doing a roof, I like real fast, you know, pump the brake <laughs> and I ask them, hey, you know, do you have a card that, uh, and you know, is this your business? Is this someone else's business? So every time I'm in the streets and I'm rolling, I'm definitely stopping to uh, just build my index up. I actually still use like Excel sheets so with Google Excel, it could be something as simple as that. At the bottom, I have my demo list. I have my electrical list. I have my um, plumbing list. And I can go through my uh, electronic Rolodex, if you will say, and I can contact people to get bids for jobs. Uh, so for me, personally, one way is I'm just driving around in the streets and I happen to meet contractors. I also happen to go to supply houses. So not just like your typical Home Depot or Lowe's, but literally supply houses. So in Philadelphia, we have supply houses um, like Washington Brothers. We have Construction Mall. We have different supply houses, uh, billows for electric, um, city electric, and they actually keep cards of other professionals as well. So that's the second way that I'm able to find contractors and um, be able to start my vetting process from there. Um, a third way... What was the third way? But I had just had it at the tip. The tip. Oh, Facebook. Facebook groups have worked wonders for me. Wonders. Um, I'm in a group called Bragg, Black Real Estate Alliance Group, 
And uh, I actually found one of my good uh, HVAC guys through uh, a contractor that works with someone. So I found plumbers in there that I had a plumber for about a year before I had to let him go. But he worked well and served the purpose when he needed to serve the purpose. But my HVAC guy has been with me for a couple of years. So those are three ways that I typically find contractors. And like I said, you just vet them. So I always teach my students to at least vet three contractors and um, the things that I'm looking for are integrity, reasonable price, but it, it's a little bit higher, but I feel like I can trust them. They have their uh, things in order, then I'll go with them because sometimes you don't want to go with the cheapest price and then you wind up running into a lot of issues and so forth. And that's when I first started out in the business, oh, I was trying to spend as less money as possible. Now I'm like, I will pay for peace, pay for peace. Okay. Preach, <laughs> preach. Yeah. <laughs> and it's true like I used to try to lowball people nope you're gonna get what you pay for and that's that so just go you know go with recommendations referrals and stop trying to lowball people so that's my recommendation now Shantae how do you being a GC um manage a construction job site like what is it like for you to manage a construction job site in a job site, the most important thing to have is a system in place and software. I make sure that I have systems and software in place to uh, manage the job site. I am big on logs and tracking and documenting um, information. More so, it protects the company and it protects the client. So for me, I have a, a log, a, a tracker for a daily log for what work is being done. I have a Google uh, spreadsheet basically breaking down uh, who's going to be, what specialist is working that day, who's on the project, what is the time frame that things are going to be um, starting and ending. And being able to stay on top and having a good system allows me to be able to know what's going on and be able to put out fires before they um, pile up. So that's what I do with um, basically managing a job site. Also, being on top of your workers. Um, it, you have to be on top of your workers. I have somebody on the site that you can uh, trust. Because I'm no longer on a site like that like I used to be, I have a foreman. And I also have cameras on my site. That's a, a trick that some contractors do. We install like socket cameras so we can know who's working. Um, if you're misusing the tool, if you're not being safe or anything like that. Uh, you install, I, well, I install cameras on all my sites. Wait, so you said you install the, the socket cameras, the ones that go into like the wall outlet? So yeah. it's not detectable? Not they don't have cameras? Oh. So it can look like it's a socket, but it's not. Um, you basically put it on. You can get it from Amazon. It's free. You can go on Amazon and look at different type of cameras that you can have in your site that people won't know that's there. Well, for me, my workers don't know it's there. Smart. I'm gonna do that next time. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, your phone was breaking up. What you saying? I said it's a game changer. Yes, definitely. I know people use that in Airbnbs, but I didn't really think about it to use it at a um, job site. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, so Stephanie, as a experienced investor, walk us through the first thing we would need to do once we actually purchase a property. And what will we do to get it ready for a rehab? Okay, great. So uh, in order, so the first thing, when you're purchasing a property, you're ready to rehab, number one thing is you need to know who is going to be on your team. 
So, um, I don't, I, you know, just to gauge the audience, uh, but for the sake of time, I guess I won't. But if you're using a lender, for example, I'm going to give an example. If you use a lender, I have a property right now where I pay $4,200 a month, okay? So it is important that I know who is on my team from the day I close and even weeks prior so that I can have a calendar and have them set up. Just as Shantae said, you know, we need to manage our job sites and make sure that they're going smoothly. So number one is when you purchase and you're getting ready to rehab, know who is on your team because the clock will start ticking for that hard money lender and those interest payments baby <laughs> they they are steep okay depending on um how much you're all into so for example i had to let one of my contractors know listen who's going to pay this 140 dollars a day because you got to break it down 140 dollars a day when you're not on the job site if my property gets postponed if it gets delayed because of you it's 140 dollars a day if no one's at my job site for two weeks then that is 2100 dollars so know who you're going to have on your team. Make sure that you have contracts in place as well if projects are delayed, incentives if they finish on time and so forth. Um, but you need to know, number one, who's on your team. So for something simple, if you want to manage who's on your team, I actually use iCloud Notes. And what I literally do is I have a column, two columns. The first column is um, the category, so my architect. My uh, So I go from architect, my demo, my framers, my plumber, electric, HVAC, uh, and then my sheet rockers, my towel people. And then on the right-hand side, I put who they are, so their names, and then I put how much I'll be paying them from our contracts and so forth. Um, so that's something as simple and free that you can do to know who's on your team. And once again, from the previous question, how I figure out who I'm hiring, it's because I vetted them already uh, during the time where maybe we were uh, looking towards closing. These are maybe people that I've worked with before. Typically, my mechanics, my sheet rockers, uh, some of my finishers, those are persons that I've worked with previously. So I already know. They've already walked through. They've given me prices uh, for my scope of work. Um, and I know some of you, you were interested in, you, you didn't know like what a rehab was in detail. So a scope of work, just to break it down to you, is um, it's basically a document that will, um, it gives you a line item for everything that you're going to be doing to the property as well in, in detail with the description as well as the price. Because when you're working, once again, I use scope of work even if I'm not using a lender, but when you're working with a lender, you're going to get payments taken. Uh, you're going to have to um, pay for your job up front. And then you're going to get draws. So you're going to get uh, the money back for what you've already done the work for. And the lender needs to know how much they're going to be paying you for each line item. So if I completed my plumbing, they're going, and it's $8,000, I submit it to the lender, and the lender will give me $8,000 back. If I complete electrical and I pay $4,000, the lender is going to give me $4,000 back. So they need a scope of work to know what the job is going to entail and then to know how much the project will cost. Um, so know who your team is. That's number one. Know who your team is and have a backup. So that's why I have that Excel sheet uh, to have some backup persons uh, just in case something goes wrong. <laughs> right. No, that's sound advice. Have multiple backups for everything <laughs> in this business, including architects, surveyors, everything. Okay. That's, especially after COVID, everybody's, you know, 
in La La Land when it comes to construction for some reason. Um, so I'm going to shift this question over to Shantae, right? So you working um, in the construction space full-time, you got these certifications, um, even for you to get the certifications, right? You had to go through possibly a surety bonding process, right? So Right. So, um, and being a newer, well, let us know what is a surety bond. And um, I'm always going to tell people if a contractor does not have a surety bond, especially for development, real estate development, I would not work with them personally. There's too much money on the line. And how does a, what is a surety bond and how does it protect investors? So a surety bond is basically a company that's going to pay if the contractor default messed up on the project. That's as plain as I can put it. Um, for me, a surety bond, I would use it in a government contracting aspect because that's the direction I'm going in. How do I? How did I skip the money portion of having to put up money for the surety bond? I took a class with at the African-American Chamber of Commerce, one of the many professional development uh, programs that I've taken. By me taking the, uh, the, the bonding class of the African-American Chamber of Commerce, it allowed me to skip the whole process of having to put up the funding. Now, uh, with that being said, they do check your bank statements, they do check your credit report, and they make sure that you are ready for bonding purposes. And they basically, they stamp you. So when you're ready to go for bonding, that's what happens. I can't speak on the development style side because I am getting into that this year and I'm still in the researching, um, in, in the researching seat. So unfortunately, I can't tell you how it covers the investors on the um, development side. Right. But, it, you know, it's, it's still similar because it's still that extra layer of protection, right? Um, even down to uh, time frames. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you sign if you have the proper contracts in place for even a re a regular rehab or a regular house or a ground up construction house, if you don't meet your time requirements, and I actually took that same class by the way, if you don't meet your um, your time uh, schedules, right? And let's say you're two weeks out, and like Stephanie said, you're paying. $100 a day or whatever in, in development is probably even more than that per day. You can actually fine or sue the builder for that. So is that extra layer of, of protection across the board, whether they do the work right or wrong, or even for time restrictions. And that would also be something you would map out in a construction contract. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, so it is definitely important. And, um, I would, I would say on all construction, if you can work with a builder or a, a, a general contractor that does have a surety bond, that's that extra layer of protection and you can sleep better at night because they know they, they're at risk as well. Okay. <laughs> um, so Stephanie, how are you estimating your rehab cost? Okay. So how am I estimating my rehab cost? So it goes... So it goes back to um, similar to like what you said about Shantae, like Shantae started probably with little experience in construction besides from what her family and so forth. And it was like me similar as well. Like, well, I didn't have any experience. I didn't have anyone really showing me. So I had to go out and I had to like vet people. So you learn your cost from overtime. 
And so a lot of times when people, because I've seen a lot of ones in the beginning of people who are just wanting to get started in real estate or maybe have completed one to three properties. So if you're just getting started in real estate and you're just like, I want to get started, I got all this information, but I'm still uncertain, just jump. I got a friend that wrote a book called Just Because She Jumped. You just have to jump and you just have to figure it out, I feel like, because you're never like you're never going to know until you get into it. So for me, vetting contractors and just watching the market in a sense. So when market shifts took place, then it's like contractors, their prices, they took place as well. So when you're vetting contractors, so for example, if I have three framers and all of my framers are between uh, fifteen thousand and nineteen thousand dollars. Then I kind of can estimate and gauge that that's for the market currently. Um, with my electrical, if I'm paying, you know, if they're in between eight to ten thousand dollars, then I kind of know we're kind of a similar ballpark. When it comes to materials, did we talk about materials yet, or just gauging labor? No, labor. Yeah, okay. So for materials, for example. You want to get to know what are the supply companies in your area, uh, and you want to also get to know, like, your Lowe's, your Home Depot reps, and so forth. So I'll give you an example. I literally just paid, I saved, like, probably, like, $5,000 recently with Home Depot. My order came to about $10,000, but I put everything in the bid room. Um, I was underneath, I have an account, so my pro number still took on, um, and I still get credit. So they gave me like incentives and stuff because I spent a lot of money, but I still get credit. But actually I use someone else's account who, um, that, with permission, uh, someone else's account who spends way more than me. So kind of, you know, we have like, once you get into these groups, you kind of know people. And so he spends like, let's say, I don't know, a million dollars or let's just say 500 to a million dollars a year, right? So I can still put my material because he gets a bigger discount than I would. I would still get a discount. I might have saved like 3000 but because I went underneath his account, I saved 5000 but I still get my credit. So my rep knows me, and my rep knows how to work it in the system. So with Home Depot, they have something called the bid room. I don't know where everyone is located, but recently during COVID, you before COVID, you could put $1,500 in the bid room and you could save drastically. When sheetrock was $12 last year or $13, I was getting sheetrock for $6 to $7. Currently, my sheetrock was $10, but it was $15 before when we placed it in the bid room. So you want to know these different uh, softwares that companies have. Lowe's doesn't have something similar, not to the best of my knowledge. Um, like Home Depot, but Home Depot has something called the bid room, and that's where I'll price. Also, you can go in between supply companies and your Home Depot rep, for example, and you can bounce uh, you can bounce quotes off. So if I go, for example, to Philly Home Supply, and they say, no, Construction Mall, for example, and they say, hey, my sheetrock's 15, then I can go back to Home Depot and say, what can you do? Can you do better? Then I can say, hey, Home Depot did better. Hey, construction mall, can you do better? So go to find your local supply houses, and you can just find them through Google. You can also, once again, I'm trying to tell you all, Facebook groups are life. So go to your local Facebook group. So New York Real Estate Investing, you know, Newark Real Estate Investing, whatever kind of Facebook groups you all have, Philly Real Estate Investing, and ask people, hey, where do you go to source your materials? Um, also, 
you know, those, those are the only things that I have. So that's how I learned. Once again, I started out zero, not knowing anything about construction. The reason why I became a licensed contractor is because I'm a control freak. Yes, I'm a control freak. I like to manage everything, and I wasn't having the control necessary to make my projects run smooth with giving that control to another contractor. So, um, so I had a contractor gave me a great price, but come to find out it was a low ball price. He low he he couldn't finish the job in a timely manner and with that price. And I said, you know what? I need to eliminate that person. And if I'm gonna make a mistake, I'd rather make the mistake than it be on someone else and I'm super upset. Um so that's how I started with zero experience and took control of my project. And um yeah, that's that's all I have for you for materials. I learned along the way. I ask questions. Never be afraid to ask questions. If you're going to be in the field, I recommend that you go out with your um, person that's working with you, electrical person, a, um, a finisher, and see what they're buying as well. See what the plumbers are buying. Learn about pets. Learn about elbows, 90 degrees, 45 degrees. Learn about those things. Just ask questions and get a little dirty in the beginning. Well, I got a lot dirty i got techno shots and all from demo jobs and nails going through me and then now i'm at a point where i understand the lingo that i can fall back a little bit hire someone teach someone and go from there so it was a great hands-on learning experience and to add i don't want to take up too much time but with home home depot and lowe's i know whoever's in the the hudson county um excess county area you can go and get oops paint gallons five gallons of paint for a discounted price um with bear if you are investors you can go open up an account with bear that's the painting company through home depot and they will literally give you discounts they would deliver the paint to your site they will come to the site and let you know how much paint is needed in the room so utilize those um sources from home depot flows and another is um local companies like go to local companies local supply chains google it see what it is go there and ask their prices you'd be surprised what type of discounts that they would give to you if they know what you're doing nice i love that both of you ladies just added all of that value um someone in the chat okay stephanie you are the stephanie so stephanie asked just in case people didn't see it um uh, so, someone asks, where is the best place to get written contracts to use for these contractors? And Stephanie definitely recommended her book, How Not to Flip, Flop Your Flip, which I like, .com. So go check out her website. <laughs> it comes with contracts in the book. I'm actually going to probably go check it out myself. Um, now, what I want to say is, before we wrap it up, what advice um you have like for individuals looking to you know do their first flip or not even first anyone that's stepping into the investing possibly construction arena what are some um quick advice that you can give them additionally because i already gave advice but additionally to close it out don't all right so for me like, just don't, don't be afraid. There's always help along the way. Like Google is your friend. I'm, I'm telling y'all, like y'all, y'all can make so much money in the realm of just rehabbing. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I like to give examples. Um, so, cause I got a friend, 
a client that became friend, but he not in here, so it's all good. I can, you know, tell a little spill. So I did a framing job for him, guys, and I'm the licensed contractor. Um, and so I charged him 8500 okay? And he was a client at the time, so now he's a friend. He might get a little friend discount, but I don't know. We, I don't know. But uh, 8500 and out of the 8500 my contractors, I think only char they charged me like 4500 So I was able to walk away $4,000. Job was done in three days. So I made $4,000 in three days without swinging a hammer, out swinging a hammer. I went on the job site probably like two or three times, one to quote, quote the job, two to check on the guys and to make sure that the material was there, but the material got delivered. So I'm not really hands on. And three, to do a walkthrough with my client to make sure that he was satisfied as well as that I was satisfied to be able to move on as well to the next phase. And if anything needs to be tightened up, I had to tell the guys to go and tighten it up, tighten it up. So you can definitely be a contractor and just by middlemaning middlemaning deals. I'm getting ready to do floors for someone and my guys charge me a dollar forty a floor, I mean a square foot, and I'm charging two seventy five. So there's so many opportunities and ways to be able to get money in real estate. You just have to be able to know how to get it. I'm not putting down a floor. I'm hiring the professionals who do my rehab, do my nice hardwood floors. And literally, um, you can make thousands, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so if you're getting started in real estate, uh, like I put here in the comments, check out my book, How to Not Flop Your Flip. Uh, and, yeah, you can always hit me up on Instagram. Uh, I think that real estate is definitely, I'm not going to say it's a passion of mine, but I do like money and I do like to live on a beach. So I think that it's definitely a means to be able to uh, get to where you want to be and yeah love it love it and um what about you shante anything to add to that Correct. so um for the contractor standpoint i know that a lot of uh, it's more <laughs> real estate investors and developers in the room than contractors but just because the contractor standpoint that is a contractor when you're vetting your contractors i would say you know ask follow-up questions, ask for different uh, projects and references, and also be more realistic with the numbers. There is a site called HomeWise that you can utilize and see how much it costs for different things to be done. For instance, if you're getting a kitchen remodel, as a contractor, we look at your zip code. So what you might pay if you live in North will not be the same price if you live in Freehold. So be familiar with how much things cost from your in the area that you're building, developing, or flipping houses, and then make the judgment on how much you should pay a contractor. Another thing, I also help those who are interested in getting into the um contract the realm or getting into the contract the industry my uh, my instagram name is ftc llc for my business i know firsthand the struggles how to get into the business granted i i was exposed to the business from my parents or my father and my uncles but that means nothing <laughs> when you have to run a business i i started as hiring subcontractors i fired 10 subcontractors in three months so I, I, there's a lot of hiccups that you go through, a lot of shady things that you go through. But again, just make sure that you are vetting your people. And if you need any assistance, I'm here. Yes, I do charge and I do have a mentor program. It's called Black Contractors Magic. And again, you can reach me on FTC LLC. Thank you, Deontay, for putting this together. You are amazing. I love you all and um, stay in contact with them. All right.
Thank you for listening to the Journey to Develop Her podcast with Deontay Chantel and her special guest. Listen, we want you to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform and give us a five-star review. That would be incredible. And we also have a visual experience over on YouTube. Just YouTube Journey to Develop Her podcast. To follow Deontay on Instagram, just hit up Deontay Chantel. That's D-I-O-N-T-E-C-H-A-N-T-E. And also on IG at Journey to Develop Her. That's Journey to Develop Her. You can hit all the links in her bio with that. Stay locked in, keep developing, and we'll see you here next time.